Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach and motivational speaker who has a passion for helping women who need a second win. She is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Effortless Happiness, How to Find Your Voice and Finally Ask for What You Really Want. She studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, and is a fully certified coach in his program. Also, she has served as an assistant in his training programs. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted thousands of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you to get your second wind. Now here's your host, Joyce Buford. Hello, welcome, welcome to the show, and welcome to this wonderful experience you're getting ready to have. You know, this week was Memorial Day for us in the United States, and um, it was a beautiful day here. We've had so much rain that it's been quite difficult to even keep our heads above water. But yesterday was glorious, and um, it just gave us a pause uh, that we should remember those people that have given so much to our countries and to us indirectly, but providing us with the security of a safe land. So anyway, I honor those people that um, have been affected by the war directly, those who have died, and um, share that wonderful day that we celebrated yesterday. Now, today we're going to be talking about doubts and fears. My guest that you will want to be here to listen for is an expert. She has made transitions. She's going to talk about those beliefs that keep us stuck, and she has a way for us to shift those beliefs. So I know when Monica Dubay begins talking to us, you want to be listening. But before we get into her part of the program today, I wanted to share my own issue with that very same thing, the mindset, the set that how our minds play tricks on us. When I was trying to make my decision about what I would do with my marriage that just seemed never to get better, no matter how many counselors we went to, nothing was changing. I was so paralyzed by the thought of um, how I would how I would be able to survive without this relationship because I had not worked outside of the home. I had two children, which I adopted, had, we had adopted, and so I felt even more committed to their birth mothers to not put my children through an uncomfortable, stressful, sad situation. Was I better to leave, or was I better to stay in modeling for them a healthy relationship, which I was definitely not in? So there are all sorts of things that keep us stuck. Actually, I stayed in that relationship for five years, thinking every year, next year will be better. Next year, I'll be, we'll talk more. He'll want to love me more. We'll go places again. And what had been a very vibrant relationship in the beginning had turned very stale, sad, and depressing. So during that time, during those five years, 
my physical appearance changed. My smiles were gone. My um, overall appearance in the community had changed. It was a very stressful time for me. Actually, the only thing that kind of kept me going was that I had volunteered with a project that I was very passionate about and had become a director of a children's museum. That was my glory in those days of transition. That gave me fulfillment to help me as I calmly made the decision that the best thing for me, the best thing for my children, was to get a divorce. So how we make those decisions sometimes takes time. But the thing I want you to hear me say today, that the answer is inside you when you decide that it is a transition that you must go through. And then also, it happens in perfect timing. When you are ready, you will go, or you will stay and work on the marriage. So, without any more conversation from me, I want to share with you Monica Dubay. Now, Monica is a a spiritual life coach. She is a an energy healer, and a founder of Heal Your Mind, Heal Your Life. Her mission is to help people change the world by changing their beliefs and embracing their true life purpose. She has been a teacher of A Course in Miracles since 1990, and after being completely healed of anxiety and depression through working with her thoughts, she began her journey. As a master healer, she's committed to helping change lives, giving purpose to people, helping them find their purpose, and combines this with her spiritual wisdom and her mindset coaching. Now, Monica holds a bachelor's degree uh, from the University of New Hampshire and a master's from Brooklyn College in music performance. I knew I loved you, Monica. I loved the music. <laughs> her spiritual training with an awakening master teacher led her to become a healer of the mind as she has traveled the world with her mission and her passion. Now, you know, I always like to show the softer side of these my guests, and Monica now lives in Florida, which she's been a lot of time in the Northeast, in the New England area, New York, New Hampshire. She is the mother. She is a mother of two boys, adult boys now. She is a daughter of a mother, of her mother, and she is a sister of five sisters. She has five sisters and three brothers. That's a huge family. Monica, how did you survive that fan of family? It's huge. <laughs> I'm still working on it. <laughs> oh, that's so it's fun. ongoing. So welcome. We are so excited to have you here because you're going to talk about something that is so, so big. It affects everybody. We all carry those mindset things that keep us playing small. And I just can hardly wait for you to tell us more about how to shift that, the beliefs that we develop early in our lives. Mm-hmm. Well, it, and thank you, Joyce. I, I appreciate all of that. 
introduction and um and and really what it comes down to is that um when we get stuck, when we get depressed, when we have a lot of anxiety and we don't know what to do about it, there's there are some really powerful tools that we can use um to shift our beliefs fairly quickly. They're they're starting to come out into the public if you're in the spiritual circles um with leaders such as Eckhart Tolle and Byron Katie. What I've done is taken all of the information and experience that I've had over the years of he- having healed depression right. by changing my thought patterns. I mean, those thought patterns were really debilitating when I was t- 29, 30 years old. And right. I was in New York and I was depressed and I had six months of horrible depression. Mm. Um, and I, I didn't know what to do. I mean, nothing in the traditional medical field was going to help me. But, um, you know, I was kind of lost. And so I, I just started searching around and I found um, Louise Hay's books and then I found The Course in Miracles. And it provided a solution, which was train your mind because the mind is all powerful. And when you learn to to release your negative self-talk, um, all of those beliefs, all the, that wounding, all of that pain that we cover up and pretend is not there, mm-hmm. it finally comes to the surface at some point in our lives. And for me, yeah. it was 29, you know. Yeah. So I realized uh, that – oh, go ahead. No, I was just I was just thinking. Um, it's really the changes – you know, you say the social changes, but there's there's – I mean, when I look back at my period – the period when I was trying to make that, my whole demeanor was different. I mean, my face was – looked old. And my body yeah. reflected age, and mm-hmm. I just couldn't believe that it had taken such a toll on mm-hmm. me physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, it does because I was—I um, have to say—I I was having trouble sleeping and eating, and I'd go to work and I was exhausted, mm-hmm. and I was working a job I didn't care for. I was very—we're trying to fit into the corporate world, and I was a musician, so it was really hard for me to fit into corporate <laughs> America. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, I just found it meaningless after a while. And I just remember just looking at the clock every day going, when is this day going to end? And I got severely depressed. So I, you know, I tried other things, but um, nothing. I didn't want to take drugs. I didn't want to do any of that stuff because I knew it it just wasn't going to help. It wasn't going to solve the problem. And I think I found that I had left the church when I was 18 when I left home. Uh, I'd been raised Catholic and I just kind of floundered for about 10 years, not knowing, you know, what is my spiritual path? Who am I? Um, I wasn't even pursuing one. I was married at the time. And I thought marriage and getting the things of the world, like money, finding a career, maybe having children, which I was trying to do, but I had, I had two miscarriages and that was depressing too. So I, I reached this, yeah. So I reached this bottom. Yeah. And really when you when you hit a bottom, it's kind of like you're either going to die or you're going to wake up and have a mm-hmm. new experience and and make a choice for for healing. Mhm. And thankfully, I was smart enough to know that that I chose to live and I chose to um find the way out. Mhm. And then the, you know, once I found my path, it, I have to say 
it only took a couple of months for me to really feel like I had energy again and that my life was hopeful and it had a purpose. Right. And that feeling of having a purpose was really important. Yeah. Um, Is that when you uh, began your work with the Course of Miracles? Yeah. 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 And that's basically a book and you read it and you, and you do these lessons. There's 365 lessons. Mm. Um, and I have, I just came out with a video program on the first 50 lessons. Oh, um, wonderful. Been, yeah. That's going to be up on my website in a few days. And so it's all about learning to train your mind to think, um, to, to undo the, the negative thinking, the neg- the fearful thought. Because mm-hmm. really your only problem, this is very hard for people to get, but the simplicity of it is profound. The only problem is that you listen to your fear. You mm-hmm. listen to the fearful voice in your head and you really believe that it's you and you identify with it and you think it's real. And yeah. so all day long you have that attacking voice in your head and you don't know what to do about it until you mm-hmm. find tools or a spiritual path that will help you to un- unlock that and give you the key to unlocking your mind and showing you how to undo those beliefs. Because it's it's you can't put it aside and you can't ignore them. Like that's, those are the myths that I talk about, the three negative the three myths about um, negative self-talk, mm-hmm. um, which I'll cover if you want. I can cover yeah. those. Well, because- I'd like to, I'm sitting here. Where do, I know we don't come with those beliefs, do we? Are they developed as we live here in our early lives from our, where do they come so from? I, well, I believe a couple things. I believe that we've come to the earth for to learn specific have mm-hmm. go through specific challenges and have lessons and learn our lessons, but mostly we're learning to let go of fear. We're learning to let go of guilt and we're learning to, to transform our minds from um, limited and um, small, painful way of thinking about mm-hmm. ourselves to recognizing that none of that is true, that we are actually whole, we are complete, we are perfect beings. But we don't know that, and we come to the earth in this state of duality to have this contrasting experience so that we can choose to co-create with God. We can Mm -hmm. choose to change our lives and to be creators rather than victims. So one thing is we've come in, I think, with some of them into each lifetime. That's my belief system. Okay. Um, But, of course... You know, we chose our parents and we choose our situation and those and our parents and our conditioning and all the people that influence you, when, especially when you're very young, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. give you this conditioning. And if you have any kind of trauma in your childhood, you're going to have beliefs that keep you stuck. And they, But they can be undone. This is the hope that I give everybody is that you don't have to live with that the rest of your life. There is a way to change your story about it. Because the story mm. is what keeps you keeps you stuck. You keep mm-hmm. telling the victim story. You keep telling the story of the trauma. You keep telling the story of, you know, everything that happened to you. Like I mm-hmm. had a little sister who died when I was four. She was two and she died. And, you know, of course that affected me profoundly in my life. But, oh, yeah. Right. So all these things happen. I had a huge family. I was the seventh child and nine kids. And, you know, all all the turmoil that I went through. I mean, it was a great, it was a loving family, but 
you know, <laughs> there's a lot of brothers and sisters to have to deal with. <laughs> and I was being, I'm so sensitive. I'm like a healer. So I came in with all this sensitivity and it was, it was rough. Um, <laughs> yes. So, you know, I mean, I think, and then you live your life and, and things happen, you know, like yeah, you marry somebody who doesn't listen to you or doesn't pay attention to you or is ignoring right. you. That was my yeah. first marriage. You know, it was basically neglected for 17 years. And, and after a while, it was just too much. Like, I, I don't mm-hmm. want to live in a lonely life anymore. And mm-hmm. that decision, the decision to heal, though, I think I have to really emphasize that we always have the choice to heal our minds. We don't have to stay in the pain. It's not necessary. And we now that we're in this new paradigm, I call it the new earth paradigm, of learning how to be powerful creators, we really do have a responsibility to clean up our beliefs, not mm-hmm. only for ourselves, but for, for everyone, for the collective. So right. that's my belief. Yeah. So when... Uh, that transition period, uh, it's sort of, um, let's see, I'm, I'm reaching here for my question. I know for me that it was when I took action in a positive way, uh, just the searching began, is when the healing started, you know, and it was sort of like, and my healing was very different from yours, but still it was an, a positive thing. I started studying with Jack Canfield, which he was not so mm-hmm. much in, but we talked about those beliefs that have, affect us. So did you start your healing before you left your marriage or after you left your marriage? Oh, yeah, I started it before I even had, had the kids. I mean, I was married. Um, yeah, 26 when I got married. I was 29 when I hit depression, and I was 31 oh. when I had my my first kid. Yeah, my first child was born in, when I was 31, and so I, you know, I was really trying to be the good girl and and stay home and take care of the kids and be a good wife, and I did. Right. I, I did it all. Um, yeah, but my husband um, had, and a lot of us went through this. I think back in the 90s, and maybe still are that our husbands are really really busy, and of course they're they're the provider. So I didn't, yeah. there was no way that I could blame him for anything, but it was just like, I'm lonely. You know, yes. he's working till midnight every night in, in the music studio. He was a music producer. And over time, that just wears on you. Like, I'm alone every night with the kids. Mm-hmm. And I, oh, got, yeah. I got really angry for years. I was really uh-huh. angry. Um, and it was a deep anger that I didn't know what to do with. Um, but I did, I had the Course in Miracles at the time, and I was working with it and really going through a lot of my spiritual awakening during those years. Mm-hmm. Um, I applied it to my mind all the time. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, when you do the mind training, it doesn't mean you're not going to have bad experiences after that. <laughs> it just means you have a tool to deal with it, you know? So, right. So, it, yeah. you know, there's no, there's no quick fix in this. It's just a matter of how can I learn to think differently? Right. And forgive yeah. myself for all that I'm thinking. Because truly, yes. the, the key the key to the whole thing is is learning to forgive yourself for believing what you believe. And oh, that's I believe really that's easy so true. Yeah, yeah, I think that's so true. Um, we almost feel guilty for believing some 
for having some of the thoughts that we have. Once, I mean, you have those running, and then you have the ones that absolutely scare you silly. And you're laying there going, oh, I can't move. I can't do anything. What am I going to do? So you're laying there with all of this stress going on. And for me, it was in the middle of the night. That was my time usually, you know, when it was quiet. And then I wasn't sleeping either. So there's a whole, whole group, whole civilization out there that doesn't get enough sleep anymore because they're worrying there. They're um, living their doubts. Yeah. Letting their doubts become. Yeah. Yeah. We've we've created a culture of anxiety and worry and fear. And as much as you think you may have solved it with, you know, accumulating money or accumulating um, what you think, what you want as far Mm -hmm. as the American dream, you know, the two Mm -hmm. kids in the house and the, and the money rolling in the door. I mean, I had all that. And mm-hmm. I still hit this another big bottom when I was 40. Mm-hmm. Um, because I saw the futility of it. I, you know, it just something dawned on me. Like, you have everything you want. And look at you. You're like, you're still unhappy. And you're still not <laughs> happy, girl. You still <laughs> not be happy. <laughs> yeah. It was shocking. I was really, I was so pissed off. I was like, how could this be? I spent 10 years doing my process and everything. But then I realized I was still stuck. Mm-hmm. I still had, there was more for me in this life than I knew at that time. Right. And then I, yeah. and then I had a massive, massive spiritual awakening where I, I can hardly describe that, but it was like, I was shown the reality of, of the universe and that love is the only reality in a, an experiential four day experiment or experience uh-huh. where I, I, I left the world. I mean, I went into a different realm and I really? came back out of that. Yeah. I, yep. And, and it was very powerful because afterwards I was just super happy and I had nothing. I didn't think I was going to have to do anything more. I thought I was just going to be happy then. Mm-hmm. But then I found that I, <laughs> my life had to change again after that. Mm-hmm. Cause that's when I realized I needed to leave my husband. Mm. Um, uh, was yeah. that on a, I know you did retreats and, uh, with the, um, course of miracles, was that on mm-hmm. while you were on the, one of those retreats or how did that happen? It was, was actually, it? it was funny. I, cause I'm living in, I was at the time I was living in New Jersey and I had been working for Marianne Williamson. I, I worked for her for about a year before mm-hmm. she published her first book and went on Oprah. So she wasn't very well known then, but mm-hmm. I worked for her that year and, and I got to know some other people who were in the spiritual communities. And when I started to feel this huge pain about what am I supposed to do now? You know, I, I have everything I want, but I still feel separate mm-hmm. and I didn't know where to go. I had no idea what to do or where to go. And this chanting started happening in my head and I knew that mm. the chanting was not, it wasn't a course of miracles, but it was an Eastern teaching that was close by, like I could drive up two hours and go to this ashram. Mm-hmm. And so I went there for about 10 days. And oh. I just, yeah. yeah, it was a really powerful experience because I yeah. was with this master. Her name was Guru Mai. 
And mm-hmm. I just sat in this big hall and everybody was chanting and I was just sobbing. Like every morning I would just sob and sob and sob. And I was mm-hmm. going through a deep release of my pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, yeah. you know, you're, I was just in it. I had no idea what to make of it. Mm-hmm. But it was a turning point. It was a big turning point in my life. Mm. Um, yeah, powerful. Sounds very yeah. powerful. Sometimes I think it's really good for us to withdraw from the the world of the pain so that we can actually start thinking about what's best for us. It, you know, find that perfect spot where you can go and, and just sit with yourself. It could be at a retreat, such as you went to an ashram, but could be yeah. just simply going to a quiet country place and thinking through or talking with a friend or a coach or somebody that's kind of gone that, that path. Now you mentioned uh, that you, you have, you have some way of doing a quick shift from these beliefs, a rapid shift beliefs. And I just got the notice that we have three minutes until break. So maybe we want to wait until after break. I don't want to interrupt that process. Yeah. But it's simple, um, but I I don't know if I can do it in three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And I know everybody out there wants to hear this because we are all, every one of us have a a belief that we could easily um, use this tool to help us shift it. Talk about just a few minutes about the stuck. Where, why do we get so, why do we get so paralyzed, which I is what I call getting stuck. I mean, we can't really mm-hmm. move. Well, we get stuck because we don't have the solution. We don't know where to turn. We don't know. It's like we've lived this way our whole lives. And a lot of us end up in counseling or, or psychotherapy, which I don't right. knock it, but I don't believe it actually does the trick as quickly as yeah. as working with your thoughts on, a, on an experiential basis. Now, yeah. because I don't think talking about your past is, is the solution. I, I believe it's good to look at it, but I know from firsthand experience that the only way out of it is not to analyze it, but to um, to do a process of release. Um, yeah. And there's lot. There are several of them out there right now, but what I've done is I've distilled like the best of what I've learned over the years, and um, you know you've got to do something to change your thought patterns and. Um, um, you know, you can't get rid of your mind. So people have these myths that, that you can, oh, we can just get rid of it. And, um, you know, I'll just pretend it's not there. Well, you yeah. can't do that, you know, because yeah. they're still there. And it's too right. powerful. Your mind is all powerful. It gives you every experience that you have. So, yeah. you know, I, and it also I think it, doesn't work. I think it's very interesting, and I've become a little more familiar with the subconscious and the conscious mind, and how the subconscious is really the 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 big guy that you want to mm-hmm. work on, and that's where our beliefs are. Correct? Well, they're both conscious right? and unconscious. So, so they the are? subconscious is yeah. So a lot of what we okay, I've got to break got to break you here monica so okay. that we can go to break and when okay. we come back monica will further describe the subconscious and the conscious mind and how they are 
work together or against each other. And then she will give us the rapid shift for our beliefs. So you be back here. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the author of Effortless Happiness, continues in this segment to share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Now, we are speaking today with Monica Dubay, and Monica has shared with us some absolutely amazing things about the mindset. We don't have to live with the negative mindset. We can change it. So, Monica, before break, we were talking about the conscious and the subconscious. I was thinking the subconscious ran the show, but you said no. They're partners. (laughs) Yeah, right, because a lot of what we are aware of, some of this negative thinking, obviously, because we hear it in our head all the time. Yeah, so that's, that's conscious. true. What's, yeah. what's subconscious is it's not, you're not aware of where it comes from. So you have a thought like, uh, you know, I'm unworthy, um, something very broad like that, which everyone yeah. has. But we don't know where that came from. Like, where did that stem from? So what's buried is the cause of it, where it came from, what memory you mm-hmm. might be carrying from childhood where, where people said that to you, someone said that to you. Or like ah. for me, I was Catholic and we stated it every Sunday in church. So mm-hmm. it's like I'm unworthy to receive, you know. Really? Ah, well, yeah. So that became um, something that's ingrained in me. Um, and it's taken a lot for me to undo that. Um, uh-huh. But I think a lot of what we're not aware of, we've had to bury a lot of it because it's too painful to look at. Until we've got a tool to do that, it wouldn't serve us to look at what's in the subconscious. You mm. know, I mean, we can get to some of it, but um, but I really don't think it's, it's a wise thing. If you don't have someone who's skilled in helping you, I wouldn't mm-hmm. suggest you try to delve into the subconscious by yourself because it's. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, memories and trauma and all this 
um, negative programming that that began, who knows, maybe lifetimes ago. Yeah. But we have, I, now we I, have the power to do it. Yeah, I had done an exercise that I thought I was feeding from the subconscious, and that is something called write and burn, where you actually just sit down and write about feelings and how that makes you feel and and you get it all out on paper. Does that not come from the subconscious when you're writing like I think that? That's, I think it can. Um, it can. If you're very intuitive and you can listen, yeah. you know, listen deep within you and yeah. you ask yourself. You know, um, and I wanted to actually get into that about your feelings oh, and good. how when you pay attention to your feelings, this is what you have to do. This is what took me years, why I didn't come out of this completely for years, because I didn't think I, my feelings mattered. Yes. Right? I was subservient to my husband. I was a stay-at-home mom, so I, I had lost some confidence in myself. But mm-hmm. And I stopped paying attention to my feelings, because over time, okay. you just stop paying attention to it if you're not getting a result. From well, it hurts when you pay attention it to your hurt. feelings. Yeah, that that's true too. That's true too. But mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're stuck with them no matter what. So yeah. <laughs> it's good to start there. to become more conscious. <laughs> and you know, people that aren't conscious, they just live in those fears and those experiences of of negativity. Mm-hmm. That's that's their world, and that's tragic. You know, we have tools now to help us transform our lives. So in our minds. So the first thing I would say is to pay attention to your thoughts. And, yes, journaling and writing. I've journaled my entire life, you mm. know, writing things down so I know, so you get a feel for what, where you feel stuck. And a lot of the time, honoring your feelings and becoming aware of the power to choose what you want to believe is really critical. Yeah. You can believe what you want to believe. You do not have to believe the, the thoughts in your in your mind. And in fact, mm. I, I advise you not to believe those thoughts because they cause you too much pain. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the second thing I would say, so you do need to write them down and writing them down brings them to the surface and you get mm. to, oh, there it is, black and white. You know, I can look at it and go, oh, I really believe I'm unworthy. Okay. Now what? Well, the <laughs> second step would be to have some compassion for yourself that you've, you've carried this belief for a long time. And maybe mm-hmm. it stemmed from someone mistreating you. And that might come up when you start to write it down. The memory might come up. And mm-hmm. I want you to recognize that don't judge yourself for feeling these things. Because these feelings and these thoughts have been with you forever. If you judge yourself for believing what you believe, then you're mm-hmm. stuck with it. Even You're even more stuck. Yeah, Monica, I have to to share this because I was so surprised by the event that while I was writing, I I was really revisiting with that little girl, Joyce, and even my words changed. Yeah, I used vocabulary that was a younger vocabulary. It was really powerful to me. I mean, I I was like, whoa, you know? Yeah, it was kind of interesting. Those inner children in us, I, I call them inner children or subpersonalities. These, these are the parts of us, the aspects of us that, that separated off and are holding those beliefs mm-hmm. because they, they really believe them. I mean, when my sister died, I mean, I had all this grief and sadness and confusion because we didn't, nobody talked about it. It was just like one day she was just gone. Oh, so, you, know, mm. you know, I mean, so all this stuff has 
So our inner children is where the belief formed. And, and when mm. you start to do the deeper work, those children do come up for healing. And that's why mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I really advise you to, to take, take time with it and be compassionate with yourself and give love to that inner child. If you can learn to love the inner child and, and hold them in a safe space within you, because you're mm. not the child anymore. You have to remember you're the adult. Right. You have the capacity to have compassion for that inner child, and you can. I mean, I, I talk people through, a, you know, a, a way to heal that inner child. I've mm-hmm. been doing that for years, um, and it's really powerful because the inner child is just looking for love, and you can give it to her. Yeah. You know, you're that. You have the power to give it to her. So, so yeah, this is. It can be very simple, but it's very profound healing. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Um... I've experienced some of that, and I I agree. It can be Mm life-changing. So let's talk about, are we ready to do our shift for our belief? Yeah, Yeah, great. Okay, (laughs) so you'll be surprised. You're going to be really surprised how simple this is. And you may think, oh, that'll never work. But it does, okay? Uh So give, give yourself, let's give yourself some time to just write down one of the beliefs that you want to heal. Um. And you can do that if you want. I'll do it with you. Okay. Or, okay. So I'm going to teach you a three-step process. Okay. Let me see. I'm writing it. Really it. I'm be... thinking of it. Am I going okay. to t- tell it over the air? It's up to you. <laughs> I mean, you would have to if, you, if you're willing to. If not, yes. I'll just take, I'll just pull one out of that everybody has. Like, um, I don't deserve love. Okay, let's do that one. I don't deserve okay. love. Yeah. And, you know, often that's the basis of what, why we stay in bad, bad relationships. We have a deep yep. belief that we don't deserve a better one. We don't deserve mm-hmm. to be treated well. Right. And this is all subconscious. Like, that's not usually a conscious idea. Um, yeah. All right, so I don't deserve love, okay? So that's what mm-hmm. I said. Yeah. So that's the one thought. Um we're going to do a three-step process on it. So the first is to just admit that that's, that you actually believe that, right? I don't deserve mm-hmm. love. So I would say ask yourself, is it really true? And I got this um, from Byron Katie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, is it true? I don't deserve love. And if you say it's yes or no, okay? So if you say yes, we move forward. If you say no, we also move forward because the truth is, you're holding that belief or you wouldn't have written it down. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, oh, okay. So it is true that I believe that. That's why yeah, you're right reading now, that. In this moment, it doesn't mean it's absolutely true. So um, the next step is to just say, wow, I believe I'm, I don't deserve love. But, you know, sometimes that can just kind of shock you. But just aware, be aware. All right. Now you can do well, how do I react when I believe that? Um, I react with, I feel small. I feel less than. I feel like maybe I shouldn't go find another relationship. You know, Mm -hmm. I'll just stay alone. I'll be single the rest of my life. I mean, I know people that do that because they're afraid. Right. Uh, So, and fearful. And it really is about just write down what comes to you. All right, so that's the second step. 
And the third step's really easy. There's actually four steps, but I'm going to, the third step's really easy. It's like, I, I forgive myself for believing that I don't deserve love. You can just state that out loud. I forgive myself for believing I don't deserve love. It's not true. <laughs> right? That's not a true thought. Everyone deserves love. Everyone is created in love to be loved. And we all deserve love. So it's important to, to challenge the belief and state the opposite. I do deserve love. I do mm-hmm. deserve love. That's what's true. So I forgive myself for believing it, and then I do deserve it. So I state the opposite. Oh, okay. And very powerful, very quick. I mean, honestly, it would take 10 minutes maybe to undo this whole belief. Mm -hmm. And how many of us struggle with that, right? Yeah. Is it, once you do this process, is it possible that it comes back or if it should come back would you just simply repeat it again well some of them are really tricky and they have layers to them mm-hmm. um, you know I mean I I believe that if you get if you get support with someone especially if you do it with someone it's more powerful yes you, sometimes you don't trust that you can actually do this for yourself and That's if you don't true. trust that it's going to work, then it's probably not going to work. But yeah. if you believe that it could work, and you, but you need to practice it and you need to get some instruction with it. Because yeah. often we, we really can't heal ourselves. I mean, we'd like to believe that we can, but there mm-hmm. are lots of little blind spots in your consciousness and subconscious, too, that, you, you know, I, I take people really deep into their subconscious because I want to get at the root cause of their problem. And... Mm-hmm. The reason I do that is I have a gift for it. Like, it's my spiritual gift. I know mm-hmm. what's going on. The minute they start talking and they start going, blah, 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 this is what I'm experiencing. I'll go, okay. So I wrote, I would write down a couple of beliefs and I go, okay, stop. This is what I'm hearing. Do you want to work on that belief? And the mm-hmm. next thing you know, it's like, yep, okay. <laughs> so they have to, you have to have permission to do mm-hmm. this deep work with people. You have to have a total respect that they have the choice to hang on to that belief if they really think it's serving them. But the process gets you to see that none of these beliefs really serve you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, I mean, that's one of the myths that you think, oh, I'm safer if I hang on to being stuck. But yeah. you're not safe when you're stuck. I mean, safety is not stuck. Safety is joy. It's mm-hmm. love. It's expressing. So mm-hmm. I, they call it a comfort zone, but it's not comfortable when you're stuck. No. That's one of the myths that I don't believe in those. That's a myth. You know, if I'm stuck, I am not comfortable and I need help. Now, is this the, the feeling of I don't deserve to be loved? Is that, would that be a learned experience? I keep getting it kind of confused with, um, coming in with the belief that I'm not. Because as a child, I think you come in so innocently. And so I'm kind of questioning that maybe the environment that we came into, that yes, we may have chosen, but the environment we came into, we really um, had expectation or no expectation or um, what would have caused us to choose the families we come into. I know it's for the lessons learned, but I keep thinking if 
if we had lessons to learn, would the lesson be that I'm not lovable? Would a baby come in with that feeling? I guess well, nobody knows I that, right? Think, I don't think I don't think that I can really answer that. I I, it's, I don't think anybody could like answer it's, that. It's what what do you believe? Like you have a choice to believe. I choose to believe that I've come here to awaken. Yes. And in order to awaken, I've chosen I've chosen the situation and uh-huh. the people and the relationships. And I believe that we have contracts and soul contracts with our relationships, and yes. that those relationships are the way they are to teach us these lessons. Otherwise I'm a victim of, I'm the victim of circumstance and I don't believe that. I believe we're all creators. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a stretch to believe that as a baby, but you're not a, when you're a baby, you're not just a baby. You're still a soul. Yeah. You know, you're still a a, a very bright light being. Right. You've incarnated. So now you have this, this little body, you know, and that's, you know, and you're helpless for a while and then you learn to walk and talk and grow up and your parents influence you and your conditioning it completely influences you and what you believe. Absolutely. But mm-hmm. when you become an adult, then you have choice. This is a place yeah. of free choice. We have a choice to believe what we choose to. Yeah. I mean, there's so many experiences um, and examples of people that had horrific childhoods and they grow up and they become powerful teachers. Um, mm-hmm. Lots yeah, you hear amazing stories of people of how they've they've really suffered a lot as children and and just turned it around, became yeah, really chose, strong teachers. They chose to grow through it and and release it and challenge what they mm-hmm. were taught. Um, you know, Wayne Dyer is one of the founders of of uh, transformation, and he had it. He was in foster homes his whole childhood. Yeah, you know, so you. His power, though, was in recognizing he didn't have to let that affect him the rest of his life. And mm. he didn't. And he became one of our most powerful teachers mm-hmm. um, because he was so excited to help people, you know. And I think that's part of it, too, is that's how I feel. Like, my life is now meaningless unless I can help, help other people and and create, you know, the retreats and the programs that I do with people because it's not enough for me to have found the solution. I, I need to give this solution away. Right. And then right. then I'm fulfilling my purpose. Yeah. Right? And, and we all have to find that thing, that, that key. Like, what's, what's going to make us feel um, alive mm-hmm. and joyful? Like, when I found Course in Miracles, it was like the, the light went off in my head. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, this is it. Yay. And truly, within two or three months, I was I was elated. Mm-hmm. And I had been severely depressed, so it was like, "Here's your thing. You're going to do this," um, you know. And it brought me back to my religion. It brought me mm-hmm. back to spirituality and to Christianity um, because it's written in Christian language. And it com- it turned my life around so totally within such a short period of time. It was like, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's so awesome. Now, I know because you are a very generous person, you are an awesome coach, and you work with many, many people that you are giving my listeners today the opportunity to take advantage of some of your generosity. And so tell us about what you're offering to my listeners. Okay, so um, on the website, healyourmindhealyourlife.com or 
or monicadubay.com, either one. It's going to take you to the same site. Um, uh-huh. And um, so my free gift is uh, a way to start to become a creator in your life. And it teaches you. There's um, seven videos and a workbook and a guided meditation. Mm-hmm. And those three, it's like a bundle. So um, this program teaches you how to change one thing in your life in mm-hmm. 10 steps. It says 10 steps to create your life. And the seven videos give you all the instructions for how to do it. Mm. But the reason I like it is that it just opens the door for you to see, oh, I have the power to change my life. I can choose to, like, lose 10 pounds or mm-hmm. find a new house or, or find a relationship or whatever mm. it is that you truly want to change about your life. You can do it within these 10 steps, and it's all free. Yeah. Um, I love the meditation because I went there yesterday. We have a little talk. I have a little talk with my guests. And so she told me about this and I went to her website and, and I love the meditation. It was so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a, an audio that I did years ago when I first started my business, because I realized the main thing I wanted to help people with was to shift out of, I can't, who am I to do this? I'm not mm-hmm. something enough, big, smart, you know, powerful right. enough. Whatever those sabotaging beliefs are, yes. we clear 11 of those beliefs in 15 minutes in that audio. Yeah. Right. And then I have the full class on my website. There's a We clear 23 beliefs um, around self-worth and then or self-sabotage. And then we also, I also do a, really, a lot with money because so many women and people, you know, struggle mm-hmm. with the idea of not be, having enough money. Yes. So our money beliefs are, that's a big part of my program too, because I struggled with it for so long, you know, not valuing myself, not val- not choosing to um, honor myself and make, uh, charge what I, I'm worth. And I yeah. would say probably 80 to 90% of women on the planet have these beliefs. Mm-hmm. So, well, we've yeah. really been from very young in our life. We've been not been programmed. A man and a woman are definitely programmed differently in how they inter interact with money. Um, it's true. I think that's changing with you know the millennials coming in. There's many more people working outside of the home and creating jobs and so forth. But for my generation, I know that was true. We just didn't have the, you know, go out and build this fund or or just how to function in the business, in the money world. So I think that's mm-hmm. why so many of the, you know, 50 above women who find themselves going through transitions in life, divorce or widowhood, are totally lost when it comes to money management. Totally so right. it's a scary subject for a lot of women. It, it was for me too yeah. because I grew up I grew up with, you know, nine siblings and we did never had much money. Yeah. Um so I didn't get I didn't get good money beliefs from my parents. But not yeah. only that, with society being the way it is and how I grew up during the beginning of the women's movement in the 70s, um mm-hmm. like we haven't really been taught any of this. For the last no. 40 years, we've had to really learn it on our own and, and, and recognize that even powerful people, like even like there's a woman who's on MSN, uh, 
Mika Brzezinski, like she wrote a book called Know Your Value, a beautiful uh-huh. book. But she did, she also had, like she was the daughter of um, a famous politician. She really had the same idea. Like she's on TV, she's doing all this stuff, but she's not asking for what she's worth. And uh. the book is really powerful because it shows you that women notoriously charge less than men for their mm-hmm. services. They don't know how to negotiate your salaries. So there's this incredible um, paradigm that we have to shift now to create um, a whole new way of valuing ourselves because not only because we're powerful women and we have um, the ability to bring this divine feminine energy into the earth right now, but that is valuable. It's really Mm -hmm. valuable. And if we Mm -hmm. don't value it, we're selling ourselves short. And I I have a, you know, I could get up and talk about that for another hour. (laughs) (laughs) Because I believe so strongly in, in charging what you're worth, and I teach women women and my coaches and my people I coach who are who are starting businesses or have one and, and they don't know how to break through their barrier with who am I to charge that you know right. um, it's all deeply buried in the subconscious of do you value yourself you know sometimes well, I have a big month and I sign up a bunch of people and I have a great month, and then the next month I'm like, I don't know if I deserve that. <laughs> It's there. I have to address it. Yeah. There it is again. Yeah. I find a lot of times in uh, assigning value to courses that I sometimes um, not, I guess I could play the victim, but it's that I think that the women can't afford a higher price. In other words, I have empathy for the woman out there that's trying to make changes and uh since i understand her situation then i tend to undervalue the course and i that's wrong thinking though because you need the woman to step up yeah because you're you're giving into that belief first of all first of all it's your belief it's not theirs there are plenty of women out there that don't don't believe that (laughs) Yeah, there are plenty of women that can't afford it and want it yeah. and, are, and yeah. are looking for you. They're yeah. really looking for you. But but if you have that belief, you're, you will undercharge. And then yeah. that that doesn't serve you, and it also doesn't serve them. And I've struggled with the pricing, too, so I, I get it. You know, in the beginning, yeah. I didn't price my stuff very high. But then I learned to do that because I learned how powerful it is and that it is worth what I'm charging. And yeah. The more that I stand in the confidence of that and really know it, then there's not a problem. And right. people sign up and they're, they're my clients. Now, I do yeah. lot, a lot for free. You know, I do my 10 steps for free. I um, have these other, not free, but lesser programs, you know, like yes. the release your money blocks is only $300. You know, like that's not yeah. a lot of money for a lot of people to really be free of your money blocks. You know, yeah. so you have to, you have to recognize where you hold back. But don't project it onto everyone else because lots mm-hmm. of people have lots of money and they're willing to get the support and need it and know they need it. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> Monica, we are coming to the end of our show. And I have just one quick question. I'd kind of like to get, ask you to kind of give it in the nugget. What is one thought that you'd really like to leave my audience with? Uh, you've given us so much great information today. And so you have to be really quick because I only have 
two seconds, two minutes here. What is one okay. thought you'd like to leave with them? One thought. Okay, this is it. My main, my main message is you can always change to ch- ch- uh, choose to change your belief. You always have the power to do that. Simple, mm-hmm. a simple process like I just talked about. There mm-hmm. are others too. Um, no one has ever achieved anything by staying stuck, but by uh-huh. challenging their thoughts and beliefs. And I mean, everyone has, everyone who's ever succeeded in anything has had a lot of support behind them. They've gotten a team of people to help them. They mm-hmm. don't operate in a vacuum. They, they truly work with people brighter minds than them, you know, mm. so, so I would say get some support, you know, you can yeah. always challenge your yeah. thoughts and beliefs and if you need help, reach out and get the help. You know, right. I didn't start my business till I found my coach. So, <laughs> well, you I think the coaching. Yeah, I have, I have to say goodbye now and I just hate doing that, but I do know that you're going to guest with us again and you have other great information. So until you and I talk again, I'm going to share with my listeners that I will be back here next week with another show, the promising good information just as you, you have received today. I want you to go out and make a great day of because you of today because you are the one that happiness depends on and you can make it happen. Thank you for being here. Joyce Buford returns next week at the same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com.